Now the former Man U and England centre-back Rio Ferdinand has today released a new series of documentaries uh, discussing racism and discrimination in football. Tipping Point is streaming on Prime Video from this morning. Rio, uh, firstly, congratulations on the on the trilogy, uh, Tipping Point. They are three incredibly powerful um, documentaries covering um, mental health, uh, sexuality and, and racism uh, in, in football. Tell us what you hoped to achieve when, when making these documentaries. Uh, when I was approached to, to do documentaries, one of the main things I said was like, I don't want to do a documentary that just highlights the problems and the issues in these three uh, um, topics. It was about the outcome being that bringing the football community together to kind of help make change. Um, and being able to try and move the conversation on or move the dial on all these topics. And I think one of the key elements was um, that came out very quickly that the game takes to these topics a very fragmented approach always. You've got the stakeholders within the game all having their own messages, whether that's the FA, the Premier League, the clubs, the sponsors, all have their own slogans, all have their own messages around race or sexuality and mental health. And if you're a young person or any person going into these topics and asking a question about what's where does football stand on this? What's the message that I should be looking at, listening at? There's so many of them that it's so confusing. No no person or child comes out and goes, okay, that's the overriding message that football has and football says, and I'm going to stand by that. Um, and I think that unified approach is really something that comes out of this. And that's one of the key things for me. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about me being the massaging my ego with this and it's, it's about me changing changing uh, the, the conversation around this. It's about opening that dialogue with the people that are in the powerful positions that can make change and make the decisions in the boardrooms and opening those doors and pushing the players as a unified collective into those meeting rooms, into those conversations so that their voice is heard and acted upon when the big issues and the big topics uh, come up. In the documentary on race, uh, I, I I found I sensed a real frustration. You, you've alluded to it already. The the kind of disjointed uh, uh, approach, the lack of a of a mm. common message, and you tried to kind of change that a little bit. You got you enlisted lots of uh, other footballers. You, you traveled to America to find out what they were doing differently. What kind of lessons? What 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 hope did you take from from that? Yeah, we went to America. The NBA, a great example as to how you go as a, as a unified approach. LeBron James, probably one of the biggest top five sportsmen in the world, most recognisable. He doesn't approach these topics on his own. He goes with the whole of the box, uh, the NBA basketball fraternity. They go together. All the players come together and go, there's an issue and we're not happy with it. We move together. And I think we've got some players in our country currently playing. Marcus Rashford, the work he's doing. Um, Raheem Sterling, the work he's doing, Jordan Henderson, the work I can go on about all these players. But if they're approaching these topics and these problems alone, it's hard to move that big topic on your own. It's hard to move up up, up a mountainside on your own, pushing that big boulder. It's difficult. You need a group of you together with a common goal, common message, common values um, around these topics to have sustainable, tangible change. Um, and that is definitely one of the biggest learnings that came out of making these documentaries. Do you hope 
that will now happen. I mean, there was, I, I, I mean, some of the stuff. I mean, obviously, we know racism still exists in football, but some of the, the stuff on social media and and the particularly the small number of players that it was particularly. I think there was three in particular: Raheem Sterling, uh, Wilfred Zaha, and uh, Adebayo uh, Akin Fenbet getting the bulk of it. I mean, horrific stuff still going on. And mm. and as you pointed out in the documentary, stuff that if you said in a football uh, stadium, you'd be ejected, uh, but in mm. uh, and, and probably prosecuted, but on social media, a lack of sanctions. Yeah, it's, it's been well documented that the legislations are trying to be put in place that while I was a part of the Houses of Parliament to try and, um, or the online harms bill, to try and make these social media companies accountable in these situations. The problem is right now that all of this hate speech, toxic behaviours, uh, the slurs that are able to be put online and, and remain online, um, they create hysteria, they create engagement and more people talking on social media, which at the end of the day makes more money for the social media companies. So their values and their desire to, to change this and to make people accountable and have people prosecuted is is so way off the mark. It's frightening, and our children, young people, old people, are having to sit and look at and hear all of this rubbish um, and this ignorance. And there are technologies out there that can help with this. You listen. You you put a, a, a song to a piece of content, or you put you put a, a video on the Premier League, a football match, a goal on social media. That gets taken down like that because there's things in place, technology in place that identifies that and takes it off. But at the moment, the social media companies hide behind. We can't do nothing about it. We haven't got the technology to do it. It's lies. You spoke very eloquently in, in that particular documentary about sitting, having breakfast with your kids and having to explain to them what a banana emoji was, what a monkey emoji mm. was. Um, do you think future generations of footballers uh, of colour will be spared that? Or do you think change can happen, that it will happen? I don't think football alone can change anything. I think it starts a conversation. It's such a, it can be a force for good in that sense. I think education is huge in the school curriculum, in the schools, in the, the, the people that are around influencing young people in their, in their own lives, families, some friends, etc. But I think football can play a big part in it. I think football can play a good part, a positive part. Um, do I see it changing massively? Um, I think it's going to take time. But again, un unless it's a unified approach from football as an ecosystem, players included, uh, we'll be sitting here in 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, and it's, it's disappointing to say that and frustrating to say that. But that's why I was so driven to kind of make the documentaries the way that I did and try and tell that story to try and um, show people that there, it can be can be done. It's, it's not going to happen overnight. But together, we have a better chance of doing this alone. The documentary on sexuality uh, as well. I mean, you were incredibly honest uh, as part of that documentary in facing up to maybe your comments you had made and, and banter you had had in, in, in the past. Um, was that difficult for you or did you feel that had to be part of the process? I think if I'm making a documentary about something, and I've, I've had problems in my own uh, life. Um, with the what the language used and, and whatnot over years gone by, I have to be open and I have to be honest about it. And I think that was a, a, a one of the, 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 the definites when we decided to make this. Um, the Chris Moles radio piece that I'd done 
uh, I think 14 years ago, and I, I've said some some language on there that today you'd be cancelled, you'd be taken out of work, etc. And rightly so. But um, showing that and listening to that and opening up about that type of um, situation and incident um, definitely was good for me in that I had to be educated, re-educated, but I had to be willing to be. I was going into interviews, I was going to meet people from the LGBTQ plus community, um, walking on eggshells, really worried about what could and couldn't be said. said can I say gay? I was, I was struggling to even say gay in front of these people. I was struggling to say, is queer the right word to use? So, But I had to ask questions. I had to open up. And doing it, um, I got so much from it. It was, it was so rewarding in many ways. Um, and it was probably the toughest one for me to, to film, really. But it was really, really rewarding. Yeah, I, I, I could sense your unease during the documentary, and I, I think it added to the, the, the power of it. And I, I, so many good interviews in that with Tom, Thomas Hitzelberger, with Stonewall FC, uh, going to uh, Tetford Town, uh, and, and so on as well. It's, it's, it, it is a really powerful watch. Just, I'm conscious we're, we're, we're up against the clock. Can I ask you, um, just in in the last couple of days, obviously, well after you made the the documentary, the the FIFA Guitar Ambassador World Cup Ambassador coming out and making comments about uh, mm. uh, uh, people who are gay, or uh, he talked about damaging the mind, and they have to yeah play by our rules when they come to guitar and stuff. Like, does that devalue the World Cup? Does that in your mind? And just having done this documentary, are, are you shocked by those kind of comments? Yeah, and, and I think everyone who watches this documentary will know exactly where I stand on this topic. Um, so I, I have my views like that, and, and it's quite evident to see. Um, but it's, it's, I don't think you can make change or start the education process to change and help with that moving forward and change culture. You can't do that from afar. You have to be on the ground. You have to be there to, 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 to feel it and see it. And then you can start that conversation and, and try and re-educate people. Um, but that's why I've heard people say, oh, the, the, the BBC shouldn't be going, ITV shouldn't be going, all the sponsors should pull out, etc." That doesn't change, though. That doesn't help change. I think, like I said, you've got to have a, a unified approach where you're on the ground, you're in the room, and you can speak and feel, smell and touch. Um, I think the more you stay away from issues, and these topics, I think the the less chance you have for for helping change and moving forward. And just finally and briefly, like we've spoken about, um, trying to make change in 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 football in relation to race. Uh, we we, we you, your documentary also focuses on the lack of uh, players willing to come out as gay uh, in football. Just uh, uh, finally on the on the on the the third part of the trilogy, mental health. Has football made strides there? Do you think? Yeah, and that was really an important episode as well because you, one of the stats that came out of it was, it was I didn't even know about it, it amazed me really, like 0.012% of young players playing in this country, 1.5 million of them, 0.012% have a chance of making it to the top in the game. Now, I don't think any family knows that stat going into the game, pushing their kids into play football, they don't know it during the journey and then they, they find that probably right at the end when they're spat out of the machine um, and they're, 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 their mental health is at an all-time low and they're, they're very vulnerable, depressed people. Um, so the game's got to do a hell of a lot to help with those children in understanding your chances of making it. 
um, a great opportunity, yes, but um, it's a very, very, the likelihood is that you're not going to make it when you go into this game. Um, but we all still do it. We all love it. My kids are playing football. It's just, but, but you love it. But I think you just got to educate the families, educate the young children going into the game to really help them and prepare them for what could be quite an inevitable process at the end is that they're not going to make and they're going to come out of the game. But if they're ready and prepared, they have a chance to, to, to rebuild their life and go into something else using some of the tools that they've gained and the goodness they've got out of the game for the next career. Oh, Rio, thanks indeed for talking to us today and congratulations. I mean, three, as I said, three powerful programs that I think add to our understanding of three really important subjects. So uh, well done on that and thanks for talking to us. All right, mate. Top man, thank you very much. Appreciate it.